of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. I'm Tracy from Stuff You Missed in History Class. Are you a small business owner or even someone who dreams of entrepreneurship? Then check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from iHeart Podcasts and Intuit QuickBooks. Join hosts Austin Hankwitz and Janice Torres as they interview entrepreneurs, sharing insights around starting and nurturing a small business. You won't want to miss these inspiring stories of entrepreneurship and discovering ways to business differently so you can too. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotel's family of 22 brands has over 7,400 locations and the perfect hotel for any traveler you want to be. Like a Cambria Hotel, serving up locally inspired craft cocktails for all my folks who maybe want to meet up and talk about Mad Royals. Check into a Radisson Hotel with flexible workspaces for you strivers who listen during business travel. Or a Comfort Hotel with free hot breakfast, family-friendly pools, and big spacious rooms for the parents who listen with their kids and need a little retreat. What are you waiting for? Join Choice Privileges and start earning points to your next stay. Find a stay for any you when you book direct at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. This episode of Stuff You Missed in History Class is brought to you by Get Your Guide. If you're planning a trip and you are not sure what you want to do when you get there, Get Your Guide offers the best way to connect with your destination. You can make memories from all over the globe with these tours that are locally vetted and expertly curated. All kinds of variety based on whatever it is that you're into. So if it's food or nature or sports, you can immerse yourself in any of these things on your next vacation. So just as some examples, there's a New York City deli food tour or whitewater rafting on the Grand Canyon. This is not just in the United States either. There is a chocolate and patisserie tour of Paris or a pasta making class in Rome. All of this sounds so awesome. You can discover and book your next unforgettable travel experience at getyourguide.com. Again, that is getyourguide.com. Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Holly Fry. And I'm Tracy V. Wilson. And happy holiday season, Tracy. Yes, it is after Thanksgiving, so I feel okay about saying that. At least it will be when this episode comes out. It's the last thing we're recording before we actually have that holiday. Yeah, I don't, I don't. We've talked about this, I think back when we were doing pop stuff, I mentioned I have no uh, calendar issues with people saying happy holiday greetings in July because I grew up going to craft stores where the holidays are always happening. Oh, sure, sure. So I don't, I don't have any concerns. And I, my house is literally Halloween 
365 days a year. So uh, to me, the holidays are a very fluid concept, (laughs) but we are officially in December, which is when most people would get into the holiday spirit. And back in 2015 and 2016, we did a series of three holiday episodes, two in 2015, one in 2016, that we called the Krampus and Friends Holiday Special. Uh, And we've missed them. So this year we are bringing it back for a part four. Just for expectations management for any listeners who were not listening back then and maybe haven't heard those episodes, this episode does not feature Krampus. Krampus kicked off the whole thing for us, and that's why we call it Krampus and Friends. Uh, So we covered him in part one. You can go back and listen to that or to all three if you really want to travel the world of holiday traditions. But today, we are going to have a mix of Scandinavian and Japanese traditions as we cover the Nissa, the Yule Goat, and the Seven Lucky Gods. So, Scandinavian folklore features a familiar-looking little fellow who goes by a slightly different name, depending on what country you're in. In Norway, he's known as Nysse. In Sweden, he's Tomte. And he's Tomtu in Finland. They are pretty consistent, these depictions, and how they're characterized across those various countries. The names are just a little different. And the word Nisa is said to be a derivation of the name Nils, Nicholas, essentially. And Tomte shares a root with the Swedish word Tomt, which is a land parcel or a homestead. And the Tomte or Nisa is a solitary creature. It turns both helpful and mischievous, and you will see why it's tied to the concept of homes and homesteading. Nissen are protective entities that help families, and they particularly help with the farm homes to care for the livestock and the land. There's a particularly strong affinity on the part of Nissa for horses, and he'll be sure to take extra special care of horses, sometimes even braiding their manes and tails to keep them looking their best. They're also considered generally pretty lucky if a Nissa settles on your land. He's said to attract good fortune and to drive away evil. And Anissa is a diminutive sprite. He tops out at about three feet. That's about a meter tall. And he dresses in simple farmer's garb of a tunic, fitted pants, and boots, plus a cap on his head. And he's sometimes depicted as a little bit raggedy. Usually his cap is red, but some depictions show the Nissa with variations in colors, although they're generally bright shades, and red is almost always the color of at least one of his garments. And if you give a Nissa new clothes, that Nissa might feel too fancy to do any work, so definitely don't do that. As I was looking for artwork to go with this episode, the depictions of Nissa reminded me of gnomes a little bit. They're very much, there's a, a reason that they have been appropriated into garden sculpture because everyone wants one of these. Mm-hmm. If you have a Nissa, you have good fortune in a tidy home. So, yeah. <laughs> so the face of the Nissa is that of an elderly man with a full beard full of white hair, although in some places like Denmark, they might have clean-shaven chins. Where did the Nyssa come from? That is a little unclear, although some versions of the folklore suggest that a Nyssa is the spirit of the enterprising farmer who originally cleared and settled the land where he lives, and that he remains on that land to protect the generations of farmers that follow and ensure that his work is not undone. But people who live in cities might also have a Tompton or a Nyssa, and in these cases, they just hunker down under the floorboards during the warmer months and then come out as the winter holidays approach. 
Uh, yeah, they come out at night, they do some chores, they take good care of you. Uh, and in exchange for all of this kind help, the family has its own side of the bargain to hold up. It has to take care of the Nyssa and show their appreciation by leaving him a buttery bowl of porridge to eat on occasion. And in recent times, this offering has come to be a Christmas Eve tradition specifically. And you should absolutely not look for the Nyssa because they do not like to be seen and they will turn invisible to avoid it. So also. Don't mess with the Nyssa. If you don't fulfill your duties with the porridge provisions, or if you behave in a way that he doesn't like, including trying to see him or undoing the braids that he's left in your horse's hair, you might incur his wrath. And while you might delight in the Nyssa doing chores, don't ever interrupt him while he's carrying these duties out. Uh, Because if a Nyssa is angered, he might bite, and there is venom in that bite that can only be tempered with a magical antidote. Yes, adorable and poisonous. (laughs) Uh, The best of holiday things. You also want to make sure that you do your part in keeping an orderly home, uh, because that is what Nissa like. And if you spill anything, you have to give a yell to your Nissa and let him know so that he doesn't slip. See above, Re getting angry. (laughs) And uh, an irritated Nissa might hide your things or enact a bit of trickery in order to get revenge. But there are some even scarier stories of Nissen that tell tales of them injuring livestock or, in some cases, even killing animals if the farmer they belong to has acted poorly. One such instance of a Nissa being particularly cruel is from a legend about a servant girl purposely trying to fool the household Nissa. She hid the butter in his Christmas porridge down at the bottom of the bowl instead of putting it on top. And thinking that he had been stiffed on his butter, the Nissa killed the family's cow, but then went ahead and ate the porridge. And then realizing that he had been served the butter just down at the bottom of the bowl, he stole a cow from a neighbor to replace the one he had killed. So kind of a mixed bag behavior-wise. <laughs> uh, your Nissa is great, but your neighbor's Nissa, you don't want any part of. <laughs> yeah, this is also kind of a two wrongs don't make a right situation. <laughs> right, and this ties into some stories you'll occasionally hear about Scandinavia during Christianization and how that impacted the Nissa story. The Nissa started to be viewed uh, in some ways as negatively and started to be associated by some extremists as a servant or an associate of the devil. So welcoming a Nissa during this time when they were viewed with all this suspicion was considered to be playing a very dangerous game with the fate of your soul. And in this transition in some areas where they were viewed this way, success started to be targeted as having some sort of sinister aspect to it because a Nissa must be involved and that meant that you were consorting with something that can with evil. And this also ties into that lore we just talked about that Anissa might steal from one farmstead to v- benefit the farmer that he lived with. The Nissa has evolved over time. It was in the middle of the 19th century that these sprites came to be linked to Christmas. And in some areas, a different entity branched off of the Nissa legend known as the Yule Nissa, which is closer to a Santa Claus entity. Yeah, there are, as there are with Nissa, where you'll see them as. Tomta or Tomtu, uh, you can see Yulinissa and their other uh, sort of Yule root uh, names in different countries. 
But still, this idea of this gnome-like home sprite persisted in Scandinavia. And in 1881, Swedish novelist Victor Radeberg wrote the poem Tompton, which became very popular, and it also cemented the idea of Tompton or Nissen as farm spirits in modern folklore. That has also been adapted a number of times. You can find modern uh, storybook versions of it, which are really, really sweet. And this also added to the lore of Tompton and Nissen by characterizing these helpful spirits as being philosophically thought thoughtful about the people that they watch over. Here's the translation of one of the stanzas. So he has seen them, sire and son, year by year in that room there, sleep first as children, every one. But whence did they come there? This generation to that was heir, blossomed, grew old, and was gone. But where? That is the hopeless, burning riddle ever returning. This poem also established the Tumta as a nocturnal creature who watches over things while the humans rest, and it concludes with the lines, Now sinks the moon in night profound, snow on the firs and pines around, snow on the roofs is gleaming, all but the goblin are dreaming. Coming up, we're going to talk about goats and fire, but first we will take a quick break for a sponsor break. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees, every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels has a stay for any traveler you want to be with 22 brands and over 7,400 locations. Whether you're a business traveler, a family road tripper, someone who wants to seek out history and maybe make your own, or just planning a quick getaway, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Like a Cambria Hotel, where you can be a cocktail connoisseur and sip locally inspired craft beverages at downtown locations in the center of it all. This is a fun way to visit cities with a lot of history and a lot of fun in mind. Or a Radisson Hotel 
for all our productivity powerhouses out there. With flexible workspaces and on-site restaurants, you'll get the most out of your work trip. You'll get the coffee, the Wi-Fi, and the work done. And we can't forget about comfort hotels. Imagine you're a family road tripper waking up in your big spacious room and then heading down to a free hot breakfast for the entire family, including waffles. So you'll be well-fed and ready for the day's adventure, even if that's just relaxing. After that, you're spending all afternoon relaxing by the pool. You deserve it. What are you waiting for? Join Choice Privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com, where travels come true. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. People that are raised in the U.S. probably think that Yule is just a synonym for Christmas. I did for quite a long time. But originally, Yule was, of course, a multi-day pagan winter solstice festival. As Christianity spread throughout Europe, this celebration slowly transitioned to the Nativity Feast and became associated with Christmas rather than its origin point. And a goat has played various roles in seasonal celebrations going back to Yule, although the precise origins of the goat's presence are unclear. There are a lot of different associations with goats in Scandinavian legend, and that could be part of the origin of goats as a symbolic part of winter holidays. For example, Thor's chariot is said to have been pulled by two goats in Norse mythology. And as Father Christmas was adopted into winter celebrations, in some Scandinavian traditions, he rides a goat. Going back to the 1600s, there was a tradition in Danish farming villages for one of the young men in the area to dress as a goat during Yule, complete with a goat skull on his head, and go door-to-door, essentially bursting into people's houses and creating sort of a fun havoc. This havoc generally included throwing around some insults and gently overturning some furniture, maybe, but (laughs) the goat could be placated with beer and snacks and then sated he would move on to the next house to do some carousing there. A less raucous and more benevolent version of this tradition involved the village goats stopping by Yule parties and doling out gifts to good children. Goats made out of straw or other natural materials became holiday decor over time, sometimes with an accompanying story that the goat was keeping an eye on things and making sure holiday preparation was being handled properly. Eventually, they became available in all sizes, from ornaments to massive centerpieces large enough to decorate town squares. Yeah, some people uh, still like to play the game where you hide a Yule, a small Yule goat in your neighbor's house. The idea is, like, you're being watched, and then it's your job to then pass that goat on to someone else, uh, which is sort of fun. Uh, But speaking of that massive scale that Tracy just mentioned, that is what has made the Yule goat 
his, his most famous in the last half century. In 1966, the town of Javle, Sweden, erected a giant goat in its castle square, and that's something that the town has done every year since, starting with the first Sunday of Advent. And that practice has taken on its own story, in part because of an unofficial offshoot practice that some citizens of the town have adopted, of setting the goat on fire. That first year, the Javle goat was installed on December 1st, And at the stroke of midnight, as the new year arrived, it went up in flames. The goat arsonist was identified and charged with vandalism. For a couple of years, the Yule goat went up and lasted through the entire holiday season, but on New Year's Eve of 1969, the goat was once again set on fire, although that time the perpetrator was not identified. The goat erected in 1970 only lasted six hours, A new goat for the 1970 season was quickly built and put into its place in Castle Square. And the rest of the 1970s were frankly rough on the goat. According to the Yavla tourism site, over that decade, it imploded one year. It was smashed to bits on several occasions. It was rammed with a car, and it suffered several unknown fates. It also burned again, once in 1974 and again in 1979, when it went up in flames before it was even put up. A second 1979 goat, also destroyed. Throughout the 1980s, the goat had a similarly precarious life. Even when it was saturated with fire-retardant materials, arsonists still managed to burn it down. In 1989, the raw materials for the goat were set on fire before it was even assembled. The 1980s did see the Yavla Yule Goat make it into the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest straw goat in the world. Another development in the 1980s was the construction of two goats each year. That started in 1986. Yeah, when the goat tradition started in 1966, it was originally the work of the city's tradesmen. But after those first few years of their work being destroyed, they just didn't want to do it any longer. I cannot blame them. So in 1971, the Natural Science Society of Vazaskolen took over the annual building of the goat. But then in 1986, the tradesmen of Yavla once again started constructing giant yule goats. And at that point, a, a rivalry between the two goat building groups began. In 1992, both of the goats were set on fire eight days after they were set up. The tradesman's goat was rebuilt only to be burned again. The same arsonist was found to have set all three fires and was arrested. Another interesting thing started happening in the 1990s, and that's that some of the citizens of Yavla started setting up guard details for the goats to try to deter these would-be arsonists and pranksters. The 2000s and the 20-teens have seen a mixed bag of fires and survival for the Yule Goat. In 2005, the Yule Goat was besieged by flaming arrows, which were shot by attackers that were dressed as gingerbread men and Father Christmas. In 2010, would-be kidnappers tried to bribe the man who was guarding the Yule Goat into looking the other way while they attempted to airlift it with a helicopter. That guard could not be bought, thankfully. Uh, In 2015, the goat actually went on a little trip. It traveled to China, where he was visited by more than 400,000 people during his time on display there. The Yavla Yule Goat has become something of a celebrity and now has a webcam, which has been hacked by saboteurs at least once. It also has a Twitter presence and an Instagram account and a dedicated spokesperson, so you can keep tabs on how he's doing. While it is a constant battle to keep this giant goat safe, it's also become a significant tourist draw and an economic driver for Yavla, so it's unlikely that they will end this tradition anytime soon. 
Yeah, I, I have seen multiple things online, like in discussion or comments on articles, where people are like, why do they keep doing this? It seems expensive and like a pain in the neck because it gets burnt so often. And it's like, if you look at Yavla's main like city website, a lot of it is about tourism related to the goat. So I don't think they want to give that up. Also, it's beautiful. Uh, and the goat has gotten bigger and bigger over the years. His height at this point is 13 meters. That's about 42.6 feet. He weighs 3.6 tons. It takes an estimated 1,000 man hours and an entire truckload of straw to build the goat with the straw affixed to a metal frame base. In 2017 and 2018, the goat made it all the way through the holiday season intact. Here's to hoping in 2019 this will also be true. Hopefully, as of when this episode comes out, the goat has not already been (laughs) set up and burned down. I'm not sure what the schedule is. Right. Uh, I hope not because, you know, as we said, there's uh, there are our webcams and people protecting them now. <laughs> and it, it's apparently worked for a couple years. But you never know when a gingerbread man with a flaming arrow might show up. There's also one story of an American tourist who set him on fire once, which is embarrassing and horrifying. Uh, we are going to switch away uh, from European traditions and kind of make our way to the next set of holiday characters in another part of the world. But before we do that, we're going to pause for a word from one of the sponsors that keeps Stuff You Missed in History Class going. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I dot Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. 
Planning your next trip? Choice Hotels has a stay for any traveler you want to be, with 22 brands and over 7,400 locations. Whether you're a business traveler, a family road tripper, someone who wants to seek out history and maybe make your own, or just planning a quick getaway, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Like a Cambria Hotel, where you can be a cocktail connoisseur and sip locally inspired craft beverages at downtown locations in the center of it all. This is a fun way to visit cities with a lot of history and a lot of fun in mind. Or a Radisson Hotel for all our productivity powerhouses out there. With flexible workspaces and on-site restaurants, you'll get the most out of your work trip. You'll get the coffee, the Wi-Fi, and the work done. And we can't forget about comfort hotels. Imagine you're a family road tripper, waking up in your big spacious room and then heading down to a free hot breakfast for the entire family, including waffles. So you'll be well-fed and ready for the day's adventure, even if that's just relaxing. After that, you're spending all afternoon relaxing by the pool. You deserve it. What are you waiting for? Join Choice privileges and start earning points toward your next stay. Find a stay for any you. Book directly at choicehotels.com where travels come true. During Dell Tech Fest, score game-changing innovations with limited time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. We're moving now to a slightly later point on the yearly calendar and across the globe to Japan. And we're going to talk about the seven lucky gods that are associated with the new year. These Shichifukujin are a mix of deities and one historical figure who travel together in a treasure ship from heaven into the human world and offer good fortune for the new year. And according to tradition, you should place a picture of these seven lucky gods under your pillow on New Year's Eve to ensure that they bring you good fortune in the year ahead. The first mention of these deities and their grouping of seven together is in 1420, when a procession of the seven lucky gods was staged. The first two gods of this group that became popular were Ibisu and Daikoku, and that's because the two of them are linked to business prosperity. Since merchants are believed to have been the first to adopt the seven lucky gods, that makes sense. From there, the other gods were adopted by other groups of people who wanted some representation of luck that correlated to their work. According to one legend, these gods were selected at the behest of the shogun Yamitsu Tokugawa in the 1600s to correlate to the seven godlike virtues that were laid out by the Buddhist priest Tenkei. Those virtues were fortune, longevity, honesty, amiability, popularity, fortune, and dignity. Ibisu is tied to the fishing and food industries as well as the virtue of honesty. You'll often see images or sculptures of him holding a fishing rod in his right hand and a fish in his left, although sometimes it's also a fan. These accessories form a contrast against his clothing, which is usually represented as brocaded court wear, while the things he's holding are more rustic. 
Ibisu is unique in that he is the only member of the seven lucky gods that is native to Japan, originating in the Shinto religion. All of the others came from India's Hindu belief system or China's Taoist Buddhist traditions. The Ibisu Ko Festival is held every November. It's named for this deity, and in the modern era, it's an event where merchants pray for prosperity and good dealings. One origin story for the festival, though, suggests that it was intended as a time when merchants sold their wares at discounted prices as a way to appease the god of fair deals for their profitable transactions throughout the rest of the year. Daikokuten, or Daikoku, has roots in India's belief system and was introduced in Japan in the 9th century. Daikoku is based on Mahakala, a manifestation of Shiva, and in the Japanese pantheon, he's a god of prosperity and wealth. And he represents the virtue of fortune and is normally depicted standing on a bale, or sometimes two bales, of rice, holding a magic mallet, which can produce money when it strikes an object. And he sometimes also carries a bag that is filled with money as well. And Daikoku is sometimes named as Abisu's father, although there is not consensus on the matter of Abisu's parentage. Other people believe that he came from a different uh, set of circumstances. Bishamontan appears in armor, which often leads to him being described as the god of warriors. But really, he's just defending against evil and darkness, not a representative of war or aggression. His virtue is dignity, and he's usually depicted as carrying some sort of a weapon, normally a spear or a sword, as well as a pagoda representing faith. He's sometimes posed atop two vanquished demons. Bishamontan hails from India and is also revered by doctors, police, and soldiers. Fukurokuju is a Chinese scholar and is the god of happiness and wealth, and the virtue that he represents is longevity. Fukurokuju, who originated in the Taoist Buddhist tradition, is said to be able to revive the dead. That is a a power that only he has among the seven lucky gods. And true to his scholarly ways, he keeps a scroll tied to his walking stick. And he's a short man, but he has a large head. He's often accompanied by a sacred creature that also represents longevity, such as a tortoise, a snake, a stork, or a white deer. Jurojin has the visage of an old man, which aligns with the wisdom that's his virtue and which he bestows on those who pray to him. He's sometimes confused with Fukuro Kuju, since both of them are depicted as elderly and being accompanied by deer. But Fukuro Kuju's deer companion is white, and Jurojin's uh, companion is black, indicating that it's older and wiser. Jurojin also has a little vice in that he loves to drink, and he'll bestow some of his wisdom on people who offer him wine. Uh, I, I like that aspect of him. I think it's cute. charming. <laughs> there is only one woman among the seven lucky gods, and she is Benton, goddess of art and knowledge. She's associated with the virtue of amiability. In modern writings, you will often see her virtue listed as joy. Benton wears flowing robes and plays an instrument, usually a flute or the lute like biwa. And Benton can be jealous, but she is also compassionate. Musicians in particular have historically been very devoted to Benton with stories of some refusing to marry so that she will not become jealous and take away their talent. Hotea is the only one of the seven lucky gods that's said to be based on an actual person, and that's the Chinese monk Budai. This is the rounded, smiling Buddha that you've probably seen depicted in any number of places. It's a jolly character who represents popularity and magnanimity. He's the god of both happiness and abundance. He carries a bag of fortune, which is said to contain all the things that are needed by man. One of the lessons of his is that abundance comes from simply being happy with what you have. 
And we mentioned at the beginning of this section that if you want the seven lucky gods to grace you, you should put their picture under your pillow. But that is not the end of it. The first week of the new year, uh, there is a tradition where families travel to the temples of each of the deities. That's a practice that dates back to the Edo period. And it becomes something of a pilgrimage as the shrine for each of the seven lucky gods has to be visited to ensure that all kinds of luck is yours in the new year. So... Here's to hoping that all of our listeners have beautiful holidays, no matter what you're celebrating, and that 2020 comes with some good fortune for all of us. Yes, I hope, I hope. Um, For listener mail, I have nothing to do with luck. Okay. (laughs) But instead, a fun story about traffic lights. Um, This comes from our listener, Father Daniel. He writes, hello, Holly and Tracy. I have enjoyed your podcast for a few years now, and a couple of recent episodes touched indirectly on some New York State history, which I think you might find interesting. There is a traffic light in Syracuse, New York, on Tipperary Hill, which is upside down, with the green on top and the red on bottom. And I put upside down in quotes, because historically, the Irish locals had seen the regular arrangement of the signal, red above green, as a statement about the supremacy of England, red over Ireland, green. Since its installation in 1925, the signal was regularly vandalized. Rocks were thrown at it to bust the lights, and while it was continually repaired, they needed a more permanent solution. Apparently, a local alderman named John Huck O'Ryan was the one who suggested putting the green on top and the red on the bottom, which resulted in 1928 in the arrangement of the only upside-right traffic signal in the world. For colorblind people, there is a sign warning that the light is inverted, but unfortunately, in order to understand the sign, you would also have to not be colorblind. (laughs) Whoops. Uh, And to commemorate this history of vandalism and civil disobedience, there is a charming bronze statue at the intersection of an older man teaching a few young boys to throw rocks at the light. Uh, That is a fascinating story. He said, secondly, I would like to thank you for the episode about the Black Sox scandal. To commemorate the 100th anniversary, not so much of the scandal, but of Honest Eddie's honesty, Honest Eddie Murphy's hometown of Hancock, New York, placed a bronze statue of him in the town square the weekend before last, and his grandson, Ed, and other family were present for this dedication. I have attached a photo of the front page of the Hancock Herald, which covered the event. Uh, Father Daniel, thank you so much for those two tidbits. I, um... (laughs) I uh, am kind of bemused by the idea of uh, busting a traffic light as something to be commemorated with a statue. But, uh, you know, every historical moment has its has its place in the bigger story. Uh, so thank you so much for writing us. If you would like to do that, you can do so at our email, which is historypodcast at iheartradio.com. Again, that is new. Uh, we used to be at a different address, so switch it over to the new one if we're in your address book. And you can also find us everywhere on social media. That remains the same at Missed in History. That is also our website, MissedInHistory.com. You can check us out as subscribers. We love subscribers. You can do that on the iHeartRadio app at Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. 